Hello everyone and welcome to our decentralized future. My name is Adam. I am the founder of GFAM, which is a super decentralized social media platform where uh, creators can earn in a very decentralized way. And we've got Andrew who is building, I don't know, a decentralized computer. Hi, Andrew. <laughs> Something like that. We're building a blockchain. <laughs> Doing the dance. Can you see it? <laughs> Do you get it? Fees blockchain. Amazing. So today we want to talk about how to avoid scams. And actually, we were, we were just talking about XRP, which, which you're really more of an expert in uh, than I am. Uh, I wanted to hear more about uh, XRP and your experience in, in that community because yeah. I don't know so, so much about it. So I think... Um... So I was basically just saying that the XRP community has a very hardcore element to it um, that uh, feel like they want to fight every other blockchain. So essentially, I think what happened is a lot of people bought XRP uh, when it was quite expensive. It got up to $3.40 um, and have been holding on, hoping to regain their fortunes that they were promised. And so any kind of threat to XRP, of which there are many, SEC court case and whatnot, people just flip out. Um, and even, even this morning, I was reading about a airdrop on the XRP um, uh, blockchain, which is called Flare, and it's, the token is called Spark. And so the Flare network actually uh, announced that they would uh, provide some options to the airdrop and everyone lost their minds they're like you're trying to pull the you know you're trying to rug pull us we're not getting our tokens that we were promised like they just get so crazy um so yeah it's a very intense uh community so uh you know have you ever heard of a rug pull <laughs> i have heard of a rug pull uh what i was going to ask you though was so i feel like you've known about xrp for a long time you've been involved yeah, yeah. How did XRP's trajectory impact you? Did you avoid the problems? How were how you impacted? How did you avoid being impacted negatively? Yeah, so I, um, so the reason that I like XRP is that it has really low fees, not no fees, but very low fees. Uh, and it's very quick. So it's, it's three seconds. So that's what I like about it. And I particularly like the web monetization technology which basically allows, and we use this on GFAM as one of our um, rewarding mechanisms, um, where the technology is, is if a subscriber spends time on someone's content, then the creator of that content gets micropayments. So they get really small drips of payments for the time spent. And so I avoided that entire scenario because I've never really bought XRP. I've earned XRP from lots of different sources. And when I earned it, it was really low. It was like, I don't know, 17 cents or 20 cents or whatever. So for me, it's a complete non-issue. I've never lost money because I've never really invested. Um, and I'm not sure if I always believe in investing in cryptocurrencies anyway. Um, but yeah, so it's not an issue for me, but I really like that technology. So for me, it's all good. But yeah, I can understand why people, you know, when they bought at the top and same as people who bought Bitcoin at, you know, 20 grand and then it went down to three grand within a couple of months, like if they then sold, then they've lost that money. 
Yeah, well, this this actually um, is very in line with my thoughts on, on how to avoid a scam. Because um, what I heard you saying was that you weren't impacted because your involvement with it was guided by uh, the the value that you you saw in utilizing it you were using it for something that was giving you value separate from the speculative value and yeah. that was very much my relationship with the steam blockchain too which shared some some interesting parallels and i i guess that uh, it's not a coincidence we know each other through that but you know three seconds no fees um, and I was just viewing everything that I was getting from that as, as gravy. And it, and it turns out if what you are using genuinely delivers tremendous value, then you wind up benefiting from that over the long run, where I think people are running into challenges. And I feel like we've discussed this a number of times in the podcast that we've, we've done is that they're trying to be investors. They're trying to be speculators. And right. if you're not a professional speculator, a speculator is going to outspeculate you, <laughs> you know, and when people are, are trying to go in and buy the low and sell the high, uh, that's where I think that th they run into problems. And, and so, uh, you know, we talked about uh, Mark Cuban and his investment in Titan, which is a stable coin. So before the show, I looked into their, their website, which was weirdly hard to find, and uh, looked into their documentation. And, and what stood out to me, you know, everyone is always trying to become a tech expert. They're, they're saying, I'm going to find some new technology that nobody ever, that nobody else sees, and, and I'm going to recognize its potential, and I'm going to go all in, and I'm going to make a ton of money, and then I'm going to retire. And if everybody is doing that in that thing, then what nobody is doing is building anything valuable. Right. And you're basically at a scam at that point. Like none of this stuff works if nobody involved is actually building value, if everybody's trying to be that whale that gets the cash out. And that's what happened with Titan is they said a bunch of whales liquidated. It was a bank run. It wasn't our fault. And that makes it fall into that category we've discussed before of a scam that doesn't know it's a scam. They didn't know that how you launch matters. Another thing we've talked about a billion times, <laughs> why we launch with a proof of work decentralized distribution and why launching in a truly decentralized way that's beyond repro reproach is so important because if you create these large whales who can dump and your system is vulnerable to that, so it's a two-sided thing. Uh, yeah. First of all, they, they distributed their tokens to people who would dump, and then they built a system that would fail if people did that. So they did two major things wrong. Then I go to the site and I'm reading about it and nowhere can I find out why the product exists? They're not telling me why, you know? So everybody's trying to be some tech genius diving into technical documentation that they don't understand. Um, I understand the documentation. I don't even need to look at it because if you can't tell me why you exist, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna spend any more, waste any more of my valuable time on you. And so you look at it and it's, okay, it's a stable coin. 
what is it? And, and it's backed by something. It's got a soft backing. Why you would want a stable coin with a soft backing, I don't know. It doesn't sound interesting to me. So what's it, what's it backed by? It's backed by other stable coins. <laughs> <laughs> USDC, it's a stable coin. <laughs> okay, it's a stable coin. That means the price isn't supposed to go up. Right. Why are you investing in a stable coin? If you want something that the price is going to go up. So it's just, it's, it's just really mind boggling. When you veer away from this idea that you want to be part of a, a community that's building something and you start going into things where you just are hoping it'll go up so that you can cash out. I think that's, that's the best way to find scams yeah and not doing that i think is a very effective way to avoid scams and i i i wanted to ask you this and we, we touched on it with xrp but i've never invested in anything that turned out to be a scam i'm not saying i've always made money on my investments but somehow in a sea of scams and bad actors i've been fine <laughs> what about you um yeah, that's a really great question. So I almost fundamentally don't really believe in investing in crypto. So hmm. I see it as, I, like, I, I think crypto is going to be amazing. I think it is already amazing. I, you know, I don't want to put fiat into the system just so that I can withdraw more fiat out later. Um, I do have crypto and I want to spend that crypto or I want to use that crypto later I don't want to convert it back to fiat. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure there's, oh, so I think when I originally kind of was looking into things, I bought a bunch of different things. So I bought uh, like 10X and um, Cardano and just like, you know, as I was learning, I would put a little bit of money in to kind of like help me learn. And I think I actually, um, ended up taking all of that out and actually putting it into steam, which then uh, dropped in value quite a lot. So I remember like one of my first purchases was spending a thousand dollars to buy 400 steam tokens um, because that's what the price was at the time. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I essentially that a thousand dollars probably dropped down to $15 or something like it wasn't a good, Jeez, I don't know if it was wow, 15, I don't that? know. It's like, <laughs> It was, it was, um, you know, what would 400 steam tokens be worth at the moment? It must be 50. So that'd be worth about $200, I guess, at the moment. And this was quite some time ago. So, but I got a lot of value out of that because steam kind of helps you build or at the time helped me build up like my reputation on that platform, the people trusting me because I was staked into that platform. So from a monetary value, it didn't really work out for me. But from a community value, I think it worked out really well for me. Like I, I made genuine contacts and genuine friends on that platform that I still chat with today. Hi, Andrew. Um, that, uh, you know, um, that that investment helped me help me make. But yeah, I, I don't think I've fallen for scams per se. Um, but, you know, like the whole rug pull thing must be really distressing if you've put your hard-earned money into something and titan i think dropped from 60 dollars to like 0. 0.000007 cents or something like that's that's amazing 
Yeah, and it's um, it's not clear whether it was a rug pull uh, because they're still pretty active, uh, right. and they're just they're just calling it a bank run, and it it might be true. I, I don't care, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think you know, and this t- ties into uh, another subject that I that I wanted to dis- discuss today, which is the idea of self sovereignty, and I think that. A big part of the problem that we're seeing today is that so many people are entering the space who have no conception of self-sovereignty and no interest in it. And, yeah. I, you know, I, I think Mark Cuban gave us a perfect example of it. And look, I actually really like Mark Cuban. Yeah. A lot of people don't like him. I love Mark Cuban. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's my favorite shark. Whenever he, he gives a deal, whenever he gives advice, I say, take that advice, take that deal. Uh, I really like Mark Cuban. And I, I get where he's coming from, too. I'm, I'm not saying that there's no place for regulation in the crypto space. I just think that his response to the incident with Titan is so emblematic of this problem where you have yeah. so many people coming in whose self-sovereignty isn't a concept to them. The idea that this is somehow about taking control over your financial lives, participating in peer-to-peer networks, if you're relying on intermediaries to regulate the system, it's not peer-to-peer. You don't own it. You don't have self-sovereignty. And so you you plan according part part of self-sovereignty um, is responsibility and responsibility over the decisions that you make. And I'm not saying I don't want government regulation. I, I when when for, for a lot of my assets, I want that protection. I want those regulations. I want that choice to move my capital into something that I know the FDIC is there guaranteeing. Yeah. And I also want another option. <laughs> I want an option that's riskier, that is for a smaller percentage of my capital, uh, but is also more empowering, has more opportunity and has more growth potential. And that's how I see the crypto space. And that, that's how I make my decisions. And so if I wanted a stable coin, I look at something like MakerDAO or DAI or whatever. I mean, I don't have stable coins. If I want a stable coin, I buy a DAI, I buy the dollars. Um, we had a stable coin on the Steam blockchain and that gave me insight into how difficult stable coins are. And yeah. so I guess from that, I've kind of steered clear because it, you know, and so uh, when I look at Titan, I, I've seen a lot of projects like this um, where there are these finance projects. And I think that there's this unspoken reality of these projects, which is that there was some community associated with some blockchain, could be Ethereum, could be XRP, could be Binance Smart Chain, who has a lot of money and they want to make money on that money. And uh, to me, it seems like roughly speaking, 99%, maybe 100% of DeFi is a response to all these people with money who want to make money on their money. Because you go, it's all yield farming, you know, you're going to get this percentage and I'm doing my normal thing where I go, why, what, what value are you adding? What's the product? What's the service? How is my life going to get better from this? 
What attracted yeah. me to crypto in the first place was that we were going to build an amazing future that isn't possible on a single fiat currency controlled by bankers. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's not a conspiracy theory. That's the system. Um, and, and that's got lost by a lot of people. And, and those people, karmically, ironically, I don't know, they seem to be the ones who keep getting hit the hardest by this stuff. People like you and me who are looking at buildings, we're like, oh, that's interesting. I'm just going <laughs> to go back to building because there's, there's tremendous opportunity here. Um, which brings us to the other thing we wanted to talk about, which is the Coinos testnet, which is, yes. which is coming soon. Um, and that, that to me is, is another example of a thing people can look out for um, to help them avoid scams. Does it have a test net? Does it have something you can run, you can understand? And so when we launched the test net um, in under five minutes, uh, if you download Docker now, it'll, be under two minutes. Uh, you saw <laughs> when we finally got you up and running. My personal yeah. guarantee is if it takes you less than two minutes, because and if you have Docker installed and it <laughs> takes you more than two minutes, I will personally troubleshoot uh, oh. with, with everybody who uh, is not able to get up and running in under two minutes if they have Docker already, already installed. And the reason why I that's important- I think you're going to guarantee that you're going to deliver a pizza. If you don't get it <laughs> two minutes, I'll send you a pizza. No, no, real world is too <laughs> capital intensive. A, a, a Zoom call, a, a Discord server, come on. My time is valuable. I'm a CEO, man. Um, so, uh, but you know, the, the reason why that time is important is because it's about accessibility. It's about enabling people to run their own nodes. I was recently talking to, uh, my barber, I don't know if you could tell, is great. Um, I mean, we were distracted by the t-shirt, but yes, secondarily. Right, right, yeah. yeah. My hair is up here, come on. <laughs> uh, and a big crypto guy, great guy, knows a lot about the space. I'm pretty sure he'd never run a node, you know? And, right. and a lot of people haven't. I hadn't, I, I, if I, I've maybe run one node prior to the Coinos developer preview. So I'm not, you know, um, saying anything negative about him. It speaks to just how difficult it is to use yeah. this technology. So we really, because self-sovereignty is such a priority for us, because we believe that this technology is about empowering people. And, and then our long-term plan is to develop products and services that make it easier and easier and easier to, to use this technology and take take advantage of this technology while reducing the, these risks. Um, <clears throat> we, that's why we prioritized making running a node so quick and easy. We want literally anybody to be able to do it and to be able to watch as blocks get produced, as the blockchain is built. At first, you won't understand hardly any of it, but that's, that's the beginning and you don't need to understand all of it, but you need to know, but if you know what a functional blockchain looks like, when you're looking at other projects, right. how much power will that give you to be able to say, I can run a node, there's a node out there I can run. I can watch blocks get produced. I know 
roughly what it looks like. Where's your test net? Where are your blocks being produced? Why can't I connect to your network and see the things that I see when I run a Coinos testnet node? These are great questions to ask people who have put money into Shiba Coin and Cumrocket and all these like meme <laughs> tokens that like are pretty much Ponzi schemes, right? Like, so basically the people that have made money out of those tokens are the people that got in early and then got out once thousands of other people got, got into it. So really like, you know, for one person to make money, there might be thousands of people that have to lose money. And that's not what cryptocurrency should be about at all. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, it is frustrating because you, you hear a lot of people who will, you know, basically acknowledge it. They'll say it's a Ponzi scheme, but I'm early. Uh, they're right. looking to get into Ponzi schemes early. And it's so, it's so frustrating. And I got to just say, you know, I, I don't watch this podcast if that's you, you know, like, and, and don't, don't come crying to me when you lose your money. I mean, yeah. there's, there's so much opportunity here. The future will be decentralized. That's why we named our podcast, Our Decentralized Future. <laughs> yeah. All, and, and the low hanging fruit is obvious. Take any product or service that's out there already and figure out how to leverage decentralization to make it better, to appeal to people who love decentralized solutions and who are willing to allocate massive amounts of capital to real solutions. Um, but, you know, I feel like so much of this traces back to kind of the deeper problems with the American culture and economy, where we used to believe in hard work and manufacturing and producing yeah. goods and services. And then one day it became all about making money on top of money, sending everything, having China do everything for us. Uh, and we're just going to multiply our money through uh, financial engineering. And people have forgotten, and I, I think maybe that's why I should kind of go easier on them, that no, you actually have to build things to keep the world going not only going but growing <laughs> yeah have you decided who your celebrity endorser will be for the coinos network is it is it soldier boy he only costs twenty four thousand <laughs> to to tweet out oh geez oh my god um <laughs> oh. yeah i feel I like mean... that's a, a big clue if if something is a scam and Lindsay lohan is uh endorsing it maybe maybe that's not yeah. the way to go yeah, you know, one, one thing I have to say about the Bitcoin conference um, that was really nice to see was that there were, there were a number of celebrities there who aren't shilling Bitcoin. Right. I saw the guy from Entourage. We, we, we saw Jack Dorsey. Of yeah. course, he is promoting Twitter, but he's not obviously a paid endorser of it. And, and so, you know, these are people who, who genuinely are at least interested in, in the space and in the technology. And, and that's certainly what we want to go for, too, is if you're interested uh, in, in what we're building, then we're, we're happy to talk to you. If you want to tell people about it, that that's fine. But at the end of the day, we're looking to provide 
a very technical product um, that that we think will be compelling to a mass audience and have a compelling like mainstream narrative. But if the only people who are interested in our product are developers who want to build amazing decentralized applications, we'll be able to live with that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, just on a, a note on self-sovereignty versus regulation. So obviously like for shares and stuff, I, I guess firstly, as an investor, you want to be diversified. Like you want to have different areas that you're invested in. Um, and then uh, regulation is obviously important so that like shareholders are protected, that sort of stuff. Uh, but self-sovereignty is also important. Uh, and I just want to bring up XRP again. So they are being sued by the SEC. And part of that lawsuit is the SEC saying that XRP should have known that uh, XRP might have been a security because of the way that, um, you know, ICOs and stuff were being sued at the, uh, you know, seven years earlier. Um, but the difference is, is that a lot of these ICOs were raising money to build a blockchain where XRP had actually already built their product and then were distributing those tokens out. So that's like a, a pretty big difference. And the regulating body hasn't really determined uh, that that difference is different. So yes, regulations are important. Sometimes the regulating bodies don't get it right. And I guess we'll see what happens with Ripple and XRP. Uh, so both, both are really important, I think. Yeah, and, and we're definitely eagerly awaiting that decision from the SEC. Um, they are part of the world that we live in. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, Ripple, in, in my opinion, they did make mistakes in their launch. They, they took on some serious risks and these were the risks. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. when, when people are like, oh, what happened, what could have happened, happened. And it's not like it was a very low probability event. I mean, when you're dealing with um, high risk situations like this, when you're dealing with um, highly disruptive technologies that are going to be playing in the economic and financial sphere, I mean, that's why we made the decision we did um, a year ago, six months ago. I mean, six months ago or however long is when we you know, launched the token, but obviously we were thinking about it uh, longer before that. And, you know, it, it's almost like an over-engineered solution. You know, so, some people look at an, uh, an engineering solution and say, oh, that's over-engineered. You, you, you future-proofed it too much. You over-designed it. And sometimes that, that's certainly true. Um, yeah. But when you engineer things right, sometimes they look like over-engineering right up until everybody else's thing falls apart and, and yours doesn't. And it's kind of the same thing with the launch. It might've been over-engineering to do a Bitcoin style launch, but it is the least likely way to launch a cryptocurrency and get deemed a security because it's the oldest way of launching. And there has been, I think, a good deal of clarity on Bitcoin not yep. being a security. And yep. so by going back to that and choosing that route, you know, now it looks uh, prescient with, with the SEC thing. And uh, maybe we it shouldn't be 
uh, prescient because the SEC never should have uh, launched a lawsuit against XRP, but this is the world we live in. And it yeah. turns out that it was a good decision. Yeah, yeah. So XRP, uh, sorry. So Bitcoin and Ethereum, I believe are the only two uh, cryptocurrencies that have not been deemed a security. Yeah, and Ethereum is interesting because what has been said is that they ICO'd and they probably were a security, but then because of what they did after that, they're probably not a security. Yeah. Um, which, you know, with respect to Bitcoin and Ethereum, you know, to me, those highlight kind of a, an important principle um, I, I, that I think about a lot. The, uh, about context mattering, you know, um, these being very unique moments in history and, and that gives them a tremendous amount of power. Um, and, and when you just kind of replicate what somebody else did without taking into account the context, that's where you can often get into trouble. And you could say, we're doing the same thing. We're trying to replicate what Bitcoin did, but in a totally different context. And, and that's true. Um, but you have to look at the context and, you know, our context is that we're, we're launching a new kind of blockchain that doesn't have fees and we're adjusting the decisions we make based on the different time and the different place that we're in. You know, we're not just launching a fork of Bitcoin with proof of work mining. We're, we're launching a totally different thing and then leveraging the lessons from Bitcoin and its context to put the, the, the platform in, in a stronger position. And you also haven't created a token merely to enrich yourselves either. Like you guys had to mine <laughs> it the same that I mined it. Yeah, worst, worst plan ever to enrich yourself when you have to spend <laughs> money to get it. Um, no, yeah, we, we, you know, we, we want to create a utility token. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think we really like that term because it, it, it's just good token economics. I think yeah. we think more in terms of how are we going to build a sustainable decentralized system and if it's not a utility token, you're usually like violating some of those principles. Um, so we want to create this decentralized computer that can become much bigger than us and can outlast us and uh, it isn't reliant on us. And so the token needs to be this embedded entity within the system that, that helps it function. And if it's a fundraising mechanism, it's not that. You can't right. be that and all of these other things. It, it has to be really good at that. And then governance and block production, they can tie into that. They should tie into that because it's a, it, it, it's a closed system that has a lot that is totally, inter, totally interconnected. Um, it's a closed system that is complex, uh, meaning <laughs> that all of the subsystems uh, feed back into one another. So the token system feeds into the governance system, feeds into the block production system, whether you like it or not, whether you design the system that way or not. And so it's best to design the system that way from the beginning. And then what we're betting on is that 
our position, our knowledge, our expertise will serve us very well as we build our company and build out our, our suite of products and services, which is actually just a very traditional way of building companies and building value. And I hope to see more of that in the space in, in the coming years. <laughs> yeah, well, if you set a good example, I'm sure that will be the case. Um, so just a, just a, a last question to wind up. Uh, will everyone be able to participate in testnet when you launch oh yeah absolutely yeah when when we launch the testnet you'll be able to download a node uh to, to download uh the testnet software, software yeah. uh run a node like i said under two minutes if you already have docker installed and that node will will connect to other nodes you and i will be able to connect through the network i don't i don't know if it'll work like I can directly connect to you, but I will be able to send you testnet tokens. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll be able to run smart contracts. And that means you, you'll be able to embed a, a snippet of C++ code into a transaction, upload it to the network, and then everybody will, will see that code get executed and, and the output of, of that code. Um, I really hope that we can cobble together some kind of hello world yeah. uh, contract because not a lot of people obviously know C++. And as you know, we, we really want to add TypeScript support as, as soon as we can, but it's not there yet. Um, this testnet, actually one last thing I want to say about the testnet, which is, which is I think very interesting and very important for people to understand is that Coinos is fundamentally different than every other blockchain in existence. And so the testnet is fundamentally different in interesting ways. When you run it, you'll be running a blockchain and you'll, it'll look like any other blockchain. That's important. Uh, it has to have the basic elements of a blockchain. Um, but Coinos is as much about building an incredible mainnet as it is about being a new way of building blockchains, period. It's a blockchain framework. Yeah. And so that's on, that's on exhibition in the testnet because when you download and run the node and you participate in the Coinos network, the consensus algorithm that'll be used is proof of work. Uh, that's not the consensus algorithm that'll be running on the mainnet. There will be a token contract That'll probably look very similar to what's running on the mainnet. It looks very similar to an ERC-20 token contract, which is what Ethereum uses. Um, there will be a mana system. So there will be fee-less transactions. From what I understand, it's probably a pretty basic implementation of the mana system, uh, which means that uh, we'll be iterating on it and making it um, better uh, as, we, as we approach mainnet. And the reason why I go into that detail is because What's happening there is that those features that I mentioned, those are just smart contracts. They're smart contracts that are running on top of this framework. And so we're leveraging the capabilities of this framework to release a testnet faster than we otherwise would with these kind of basic features so that people like you, um, developers can begin using Coinos, developing their smart contracts, testing their smart contracts 
and testing the framework as we continue developing those features of the mainnet and iterating those smart contracts live, like in stream without, without hard forking um, and iterating towards a more feature rich and, and more incredible mainnet. But one thing people probably don't understand um, which we probably haven't done a good enough job explaining is that any developer will be able to leverage this framework to build their own blockchains, their own high performance, fearless blockchains with whatever features they want. And to, to give you an interesting example, the, one of the ways you can think about the testnet and the features that it includes is that we just re-implemented Bitcoin, but with no fees and the ability to a thousand times faster, no fees and the ability to run smart contracts. And so if all somebody wanted to do is if somebody was like, you know what? I wanna launch a blockchain that does that. Okay, well, we actually, are publishing the smart contracts for that. Right. You can just use the proof of work smart contract that we're using on the test that we're not going to use it. We're going to move to a more efficient algorithm. But that doesn't mean you can't. You could use it in your app for the governance of your smart contract, right? So you can run a smart contract on mainnet, but use the proof of work uh. consensus algorithm as the governance system for your smart contract. And, and honestly, I think that's the better way to do it. But if you want your own blockchain, if you want your own Bitcoin blockchain, you could do that too, because Coinos is as much a blockchain framework as it is a, a mainnet uh, blockchain. And you're giving this away for free. Yes. Amazing. I think we might be stupid. <laughs> it's well, the worst scam I've ever heard of. <laughs> well, we want to be here to those developers who want to build those decentralized applications. And the way that we look at it is we want to be the biggest company in the world helping developers build decentralized applications. And when we were designing our architecture and employing what we think are just standard best engineering practices, we came to the conclusion that there are basically two ways that developers will want to implement their decentralized applications. And we're not here to tell developers what's right or wrong. We're here to give developers options. And so if developers want to use a custom blockchain, we think that where custom blockchains will be especially powerful is in private yeah. implementations, you know, right. so it, it actually all kind of makes a, a coherent sense because we think that's where the majority of the demand for, for custom implementations will be. Um, but it doesn't matter if a developer wants to build a public blockchain on the Coinos blockchain framework, who better to help you make that happen better, faster, cheaper than the people who wrote it. And as fate would have it, 
by implementing things this way, it, it's key to getting the unparalleled upgradability that we wanted in our blockchain, Coinos mainnet, right? So we wanted to be able to add any feature to the blockchain without requiring a hard fork. The solution to that was building this basic framework on a microservice architecture so that we could rely on smart contracts for everything else. Now, what do we have here? Oh, well, we have this foundation that developers can use, private enterprises can use to, to build an even wider variety of decentralized applications. So great. <laughs> <laughs> so basically to summarize, the way to avoid scams is one, find the website. Two, find out why the token exists. What problem are they trying to solve? Three, can you connect to their technology? And four, can you build a blockchain on top of their blockchain or use their framework to build your own blockchain? That's how you tell four easy steps. <laughs> sure, of, of growing difficulty. I mean, the, the thing, you know, one thing I wanted to say about that is, you know, I, I hope that we can be here for those people too, because one of the things that's been vital to me throughout my time in crypto is actually just relying on people I trust, asking them what they think, because you have a limited amount of time. And personally, I believe that you, me, we should be spending the vast majority of our time building something, building yeah. something or selling something that somebody else built that's great. Um, uh, you know, and there's all nuances to that. But, you know, so so when you're talking about where you're putting your money, you, you know, you mentioned diversification. And, and the only caveat that I wanted to put on that is that I believe, and none of this is investment advice, <laughs> um, that you have to be very careful with your attention. And there's only so many things that you can pay attention to at any one time. Yeah. And early on in my investing career, um, I really was had too many things in my portfolio. And one day I looked at everything and I said, you know what, I barely know what any of these things do anymore. And I think once you hit that inflection point where you're so diversified that you don't know really what any of the things do and you really can't stay on top of it, that's when I think you get into trouble. Like one, one of the uh, questions we've been dealing a lot with lately is that you know, coin got added to the Binance smart chain. Um, and, and people wanted that because uh, of lower fees. And we didn't do that. We didn't say it was a good idea. We, we, we weren't really involved in that at all. And a lot of people are asking, well, will that be included in the snapshot when Coinos mainnet go, goes live? And, you know, what they're really saying is, you know, this isn't something I really want to pay attention to. I want to buy a bunch of this and forget about it. And you know, this is a token for a blockchain that doesn't exist. This is incredibly risky. Um, we're gonna do everything we can to make it as safe as possible and to communicate as effectively as possible so that people know everything that's happening, when the snapshot's happening, when the mainnet launch is happening. Um, but if you're not paying attention, there's nothing we can do about that. Uh, and I, I think it's really important you know, personally, I, I have I have about four or five stocks uh, that, that I own personally. And, you know, maybe one of those is an index fund and, and that's a highly diversified investment. 
Um, but anytime I add anything to those, I do it with extreme care. And, and I only do it because I think that somebody's bringing something to market that is so completely different than anything else I own that I really want to be a part of it. You know, I, I, I think five years, 10 years from now, this thing is going to be super important. I want to be a part of it. And I'm willing to allocate a certain percentage of my limited attention span to following this thing. And I think that's something that more people should do. <laughs> I completely agree. And I am very similar. I do put a lot of attention into things that I'm willing to risk to risk my money because no investment is 100%. Like nothing is guaranteed. And so I don't want to lose the money that I've already worked for and already paid tax on, you know, like it's uh yeah it's important absolutely nothing is guaranteed that's a great thing to bear in mind <laughs> everything could go to zero yeah and you have to be careful and you have to be vigilant if you want to protect your wealth and see it grow yeah yeah awesome well this has been an incredible chat uh so much so much that we've talked about today um hello to mark cuban if you're watching uh i hope i'll be you. okay yeah <laughs> Awesome. Well, have a good day, Andrew. You too. See ya. Thanks. Bye.